to the Blue Rose Film Podcast, a show dedicated to celebrating the ongoing mystery and dream that is cinema and tracing film history through the decades via the films that have meant the most to me. My name is Jonty Cornford, and I'm a writer, editor, composer, music producer, and a lover of films. This week on the show, we're doing something a little bit different. I'm joined by my good friend and Jensen Ackles expert, Somerset Drayton, to talk about a movie that I hadn't ever even heard of, let alone seen, before she requested that she come onto the show to talk about it. Please enjoy this conversation about David Winkler's 2005 masterpiece, Devour. Pathway has something to do with what Conrad did to himself. Don't be afraid. It's time to play. Yeah, you know, I, I I went looking for like production history and like how this movie got made and and where and on what like there's just nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> it's, on it. It, it just appeared. It is. This movie is one of the only feature length movies that I could find on IMDb that is just listed as a video. Yes, and to be honest, deserves it. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. Technically, it is a movie. Because it's 90 no, minutes it's, long. It's a movie. Yeah. It's feature length. Yeah. It's just on IMDb, one of the only feature length quote unquote films that I could find that it is a video. Video. Yeah. Which, oh. Yeah. So we're talking about Devour um, featuring the man himself, Jensen Ack- uh, Jen- Ackles. Is that how you say it? Ackles. Because yeah. I've heard people pronounce it differently over the years. It's it's Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles. Um, and we should say we have a guest, this second voice that you can hear. Uh, Somerset Drayton, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, it's me. <laughs> I don't think we've had you on this show before. Have no, you? no, you've never had me on this show. You've had me on the show I work for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're obliged to. I, yeah. I was obliged to be on and I hated it. Yeah. So it was great. 
but no, I've wanted to be on this show for a while because genuinely, um, Jonty and I are besties and I'm a big fan of your work and what you do and I like movies too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, this is the show, the right show to come on because uh, I don't know if you knew this, but we talk about movies sometimes. And Holy I, shit. As we've... Uh, kind of covered this almost qualifies as a movie almost <laughs> I think it does so close. because a little background on me is that i'm one of the most unhinged humans to ever exist it'll be difficult to find someone else like me i think that still survived the 2014 to 2016 tumble apocalypse yeah i am the living being that survived it yeah. crawled out by the i don't know hair of my fucking <laughs> dick i guess <laughs> Um, but I am uh, supernatural obsessed. I have been for fun fact about me, eight years. Yeah, I started watching this show Supernatural in 2015 and loved it so much that I have a TikTok account called Jensen Broken Ankle where I edit the show. Awful. And this movie that we're about to talk about, I brought to the table. Yeah, and no one else would have found the multiple people that I've recommended it to if it weren't for me mm. because it doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> not only did I not, I, I had never heard about this movie ever. Like yeah. it was, when, when you mentioned it to me, it rang zero bells. Yep. Um, I then went to look for it. It's almost entirely out of print for physical media. Yeah. And the only place I could find it was on iTunes to rent or buy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like and and the most obscure thing ever. Yeah, it's it's so obscure, and I think that's one of my favorite things about being an unhinged supernatural fan or an unhinged fan of anything. And fandom is insane as a whole, because like you become obsessed with someone, which Jonty just learnt circa like twenty minutes ago. I have multiple calendars of supernatural, <laughs> and one of them is a exclusively Jen Snackles calendar. Yeah, and in. 2016 2017 i became so obsessed with jensen ackles that i went down this rabbit hole and found out that he's done nothing but the show and like three straight to video movies <laughs> and uh another tv show and then now he's become mainstream recently yeah that's right which makes me like really, i don't know i want to gatekeep renaissance. it it is a renaissance of, of ackles it's the ackles yeah. and i think that that's interesting because he was in the boys season three yeah. last year and he popped off. He was he really was, good. He was great. And he's actually a good actor. <laughs> this movie is not representative. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it, but like, I think he's decent in this movie. <laughs> the he movie, is decent. Actually. The movie that he's in is a pile of dog shit. But yeah, but I, there's so much limited knowledge about the movie develop, but I know a lot about it because I am obsessed with John Smackles and yeah. he's talked about it like one time before. Um, and it's that when, this movie, so this movie came out in 2005, which is the same year that Supernatural came out. Here's the real nerd. And Jodie's never seen this unhinged version of me, which is exciting. But um, in 2014 was when this was filmed. And 2004. Two, 2004, not 2014. Not that recent. Um, which the pilot episode of Supernatural was filmed in September of 2004. This movie was filmed in April of 2004. Moments before Supernatural was filmed, the original pilot, this movie was filmed. And that is wild to me because it was just, Jensen Ackles had just come off his last season of um, Smallville, um, where he was in that, he had a very minor role, but it was one of his first like 
break kind of TV shows. And then before that, he was in Days of Our Lives. And this movie very much encapsulates the fact that Jen Sackles was still a soap actor yeah. at that point in time. It shows so heavily that he was like a soap guy. He came from a soap opera and then he went into this weird shit. So he had already booked the role for Supernatural and had booked this movie the year prior because it was pitched to him. And then as soon as he got the Supernatural pitch was like, damn, I forgot I was doing a movie this year. Better do it. And then he went on to the show. And so like he's talked about how weird the filming was, but didn't go in depth because I think it's, I don't know, it's interesting, Mm. but we'll get into it. I, I don't. Like, I read IMDb trivia with a grain of salt because I'm like, who writes this stuff? Yeah. But I read in the very limited amount of trivia that there is available for <laughs> this movie on IMDb <laughs> that the shack in the in the woods at the beginning of the movie yeah. um, is also in Supernatural somewhere. Um, It's in season one, episode <laughs> two, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is the Wendigo episode where they... Um, I could talk about Supernatural this whole time. I'm not going to. But that episode specifically was set on the same set because the whole film was filmed um, in Canada where the show was filmed. And so there's like a weird overlap that neither director of the show or the movie knew about. Right. But like Jensen mentions it in one of the panels that he's in. (laughs) Yeah. And like you mentioned like the director. I is the weirdest connection that he – produced the last three movies in the Rocky series. Yes. So he's pr- he produced Rocky Balboa and the first two Creeds. The synchronicity of that is insane because you've been watching um, the Rocky movies recently. Yeah. And when I looked at that earlier, I was like, <laughs> we've come full circle. Yeah. I've and been- come as in C-U-M because this movie fucking bungs. <laughs> but it's good at the same time that it's bad. But I want to address something quickly yeah. to like segue us into actually talking about the movie. Yeah. The IMDb <laughs> summary of this movie. If you are to Google Devour 2005, the the description of the movie, the summary of the movie is wrong. Every summary of this movie that I could find across any platform is wrong. It is wrong. Because the summary on IMDb, or like the, the plot summary, says... Um, It revolves around a character named Jake Gray and his friends that have been playing a deadly game called The Pathway, which eventually spirals out of control and threatens a worldwide epidemic of violence. None of that is right! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are elements there that... that There are elements there that are right. And then there's another... The other summary um, from... uh, On Amazon. Yeah. Says that Jake Gray is a high school student who is trying to investigate why his friends are dying and it he finds out that it's because of this game, The Pathway. First of all, he's 21. They're in college. The movie starts off with his 21st birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so much happens. I have so many notes about just the opening 12 minutes of the film. Yeah. Because we start off with Jake Gray, who is Jensen Ackles, 21st birthday. He's gone to college and he vaguely talks about it. it's his birthday that day. And he his best friend is introduced who looks like Chucky. Yes. <laughs> we need, like, what the fuck? His best friend uh, is the actor uh, Teach Grant, 
is, is the, his best the, friend. The redhead? That's the redhead. So I have a note here that he looks like a Cabbage Patch kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a Chucky-esque yeah. weird kid yeah. who immediately pulls out a gun. It's just instantly. Instantly. Completely unhinged. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, the first... I had a stream of thoughts when I started the movie because I've watched this movie four times. This was the first time I've ever written notes, which is strange, jarring, <laughs> strange, jarring music to start off the movie where suddenly in the woods, is this a movie that he's being chased? No, parentheses, I know this. Why is Jensen Ackles in camo? Oh, and we're at college. <laughs> what? See, I spent almost the entire movie trying to figure out what that first, couple of minutes had to do with anything he's just i in still the don't woods. know he's, he's just, just in the woods but he's in the woods also disemboweling yeah a a, is, it a, is it a deer or it's a deer yeah so i think it's a deer on elk yeah um but he's just like cutting up a deer um which i think is meant to tie into the end which we'll obviously talk yeah. about later yeah. um mad spoilers for this movie no one's ever gonna watch because it doesn't exist oh yeah any any episode on this show if you're worried about spoilers go watch the movie first like mad spoil fucking spoilers yeah. but you won't watch this movie. It's nowhere. <laughs> um, but he's like disemboweling an elk or a, or a deer. And I think that links to the end scene. Yeah. With the blood. I yeah. think it's meant to tie in in a secular way that makes no sense. Because my thinking is this film was written and then the writer put the script down. And then the director picked it, picked it up and said, mm -hmm, uh-huh, put it back down. Forgot about it. And then in the editing room, they fucked it. Yeah, which when when we talk about different synopses, I kind of wonder if there were different versions of this movie that got press screened. I think about this or a distributed lot. because yeah. there's so much stuff in here that I kind of go, I, this was a they scrambled to get this together because it yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. There, are, it just doesn't make sense <laughs> in the same way that you look at uh, David Lynch's Dune, which we've done before on this. Show, it just doesn't make sense because in the edit they had to put things next to each other that don't line up. Exactly. Just because they, they had to put something in there. Well, and it's the fact that there are dolly shots. There are crane shots. Yeah. There is a moving shot. Like, there's good quality, like, cinematic, yeah. like... Someone directed it. Someone yeah. directed it. Someone who fucking produced the Rocky <laughs> movies <laughs> directed this film. Yeah. But the editing, awful. <laughs> the editing is awful, the the acting is really wooden and yes. at some points insane. Well, and it reminds me, and you said this before, it reminds me of a TV show. It reminds me of a TV yeah. show, one hundred percent. It looks it looks like a TV show. It is it is the Forbidden Supernatural episode, I think. Yes, in my opinion, because I know you've never seen Supernatural. I've seen probably an episode here or there, but, but the yeah. vibe that it gives off is season one to season two Supernatural. Right. The shoddy, um, the quite good SFX muddled into random editing, yep. weird interactions. Some of the characters are never properly developed. There's heaps and heaps of weird ADR, like voice that's oh, done yeah. later that doesn't yeah. line up. doesn't line up. There's, There's char characters facing not to camera, so you can't see their mouths with audio, with like, audio with just dialogue dropped in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy. But also a fun fact is... Um, one of the characters, so there's a lot of characters in this film, by the way, as well, which is so interesting mm. because none of them get developed. No. And nothing happens. But Jensen Ackles was so committed to this film that his actual father plays his father figure yes. in this film. Psychologically, I can't begin to unpack <laughs> that both of them were in a R rated movie together. Yeah. <laughs> that 
they both had to watch afterwards and be like, damn, yeah. I was in a movie, the most movie that ever movied and did it bad, I guess. There's a scene with the two of them yelling at each other when he turns to booze. It seems a bit real. <laughs> and it's like they're putting in way too much emotional energy into this yeah. pilot shit movie. Because <laughs> both of them are, they put their whole pussy in there and left. <laughs> yeah. But like the domestic like scene that happens in that when both of them are having a screaming match. Yeah. I'm like, this could be toned way down. Yeah. yeah. I know that the both of you have never experienced this level of anger and it shows mm. because, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> So we should establish oh. he like the setup for what happens. Yeah. He he has has these weird visions, which are kind of like yeah. Jedi mind visions, where when you touch things, you can sense things that are going to happen later. Pretty much Is that kind of and that's that's represented kind of with a they slapped a red filter over the in the editing bait so that when you can see that it's a, which yeah. we'll come back to because then they break that rule a bunch of times. They also like do a bunch of shit that just like breaks plot yeah. anyway. But so we're, we're super chaotically explaining this because we want to info dump to one another, I think. Yeah. But Jake Gray, who is Jensen Ackles, he's established to us in the start of the movie. Somehow he's got a hunting background because his yes. dad was a priest and then was a drinker and whatever. Um, but then it starts off the movie. He's turning 21. He's going to college. His friend looks like Chucky, the cabbage patch kid. And he's a bit fucked. And so he kind of, um, it's implied that the energy that Jake Gray attracts is uncanny and a little bit scary. Wow. Um, and then it's established he has these strange impulsive visions that he thinks are his, him, like his intrusive thoughts yeah. and not anything else. He just thinks like he has these weird visions about people like gouging their eyes out with pencils and cutting their, cutting tongues, their off. tongues off, which by the way, that scene bumped. That was actually kind of good yeah. of the film. That was a great yeah. like VFX. Um, and so he has these really fucked up visions, but thinks nothing of it. It's then established he works at a computer company uh, fixing people's laptops. And we get introduced to this love interest, which makes no sense because he has a crush on yeah. his childhood best friend. Yes. Huh? Huh? And they're also like him and his childhood best friend. They're fuck Bearing buddies, in mind, yeah, think. they're fuck buddies. But also, when I'm watching this, this and and I'm relaying what I think I saw, so much of it doesn't actually quite make sense. It's, I could be saying yeah, something that no. isn't represented in the movie. But, no, none so of that it that makes is correct. He, him and his him and his childhood fucking. best friend are fucking. Yeah, but in, the relationship is very weird because, and they have the most uncomfortable sex scene they really do it's funny <laughs> it's super weird because i think there was no intimacy coordinator there so they yeah. had to keep yeah like dodging <laughs> it doesn't even look like it doesn't look real they're actually having sex it doesn't look like they're actually having sex it's yeah. like a weird lap dance <laughs> yeah that yeah. with no happy ending yeah but Not, basically, neither of them ever on screen actually take any clothes off yeah which is interesting so yeah anyway <laughs> which is a trend with jensen ackles Actually, mm. going back to the law, he doesn't get naked on camera very often. And okay. then last year in The Boys, fully naked, pretty much dick out for yeah. The Boys season yeah. three, which is well, jarring. And I think I died. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but 
so it's then established after this college party, people are talking about this video game, which the synopsis gets wrong. Yeah. Um, it called the pathway. They're talking about this thing called the pathway and they're like, Oh my God, let's go to this party. But fuck the party. Let's go into this random person's room and Google the pathway because it's 2005 and 2005 technology sucks. It's just a website that you put in your name and all your information flashes on the screen and then it leaves. Like everything. Bank, it's bank not statements. So, social life. security <laughs> number. Like your high school photo. Yeah. Like what the fuck? And then it vanishes and that's it. That's the whole game. What yeah. kind of fucking game is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. See, uh, I, it's well, like, I, I have a memory of someone explaining that after you do that, you then start receiving phone calls. Yes. Daring you to do things, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's like an amalgamation of the most, the recent movie, like Truth or Dare. Yep. And the game from, you know that movie, The Game? Yes, <laughs> the game Michael in, Douglas. Yeah, the game in The Game where yeah. you open up a tab, then you like regret that you've ever opened it and then you yeah. get calls. And it's also a bit The Ring. With the, the Ring with as well. Type. Like yeah. it, is, it is cursed, you are cursed. Yeah. Whatever the fuck, I guess. Yeah. Something's happened on your laptop. <laughs> this intermission is brought to you by me we're sponsored by being silly geese on the pod are also sponsored by the fact that my tea has gone cold but i don't want to admit that so i keep drinking it anyway we're back um we were talking about the game and how it doesn't quite make yeah. sense so the pathway is again an amalgamation of the game from the game and a bunch of different things. But it doesn't make a lot of sense because it is ta- it's supposed to be this game. Mm. In my head, a video game yes. is where you play on the computer. That's not that. <laughs> you just get calls. Um, and so I think, I don't know, the game's relevance I want to talk about as well. Yeah. Because we'll talk about it later when we talk about the ending. But obviously the chick that approaches him um, in the computer shop. With wax in her computer? From tarot cards. Yeah. Oh? Uh, oh? Uh, <laughs> huh? Do you think that might be a hint? <laughs> huh? Um, and so I thought that the connection between the two of them when they connected again later on in the movie would be the tarot cards. Yeah. Um, and it is, and it's kind of stupid. But then when we come to that Sh- M. Night Shyamalan twist at the yeah. end, uh, there's no relevance for the pathway in this movie at all. No. The pathway section of the movie and the secondary plot that we'll probably touch on later are two completely different films because the pathway plot is actually really strong if they kept that. Mm. But there's something happening <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense, but is like a sub... The plot B is so weak that the pathway, what is the relevance? Yeah. Because you could go with either one. Yeah, it all it's it's kind of like a um, uh, like there was that awful Slenderman movie or yeah. Truth or Dare. Like it's kind of feels a little bit like it could be one of those. Yeah, teenage even though they're all college age kids, but like being tormented by a demonic thing telling them to do th- like like <sighs> the, there's a decent kind of campy Which, slasher movie in there. Yeah, there is exactly that's what I'm saying. But it's interesting that the consequences of not picking up your phone 
are never explained. So he's almost immediately once once this a starts happening, <laughs> when people start getting phone calls telling them to do things. A, what happens if you just don't do what they tell you to do? Never exp- like you, like there's nothing in there that kind of explains that there's repercussions for not carrying out the instruction. Yeah, there's no there's no repercussions. So A, you could just hang up. Yeah. Or B, you could just not just an- not answer the phone. Not answer the phone. We're in 2005. Yeah. It's not ancient times. No. You don't have to be like a number. I don't know. It must be the pathway. Yeah. Got a call. There's. We were not explained the repercussions. Yeah. Could I learn? The repercussions, please, movie, tell me. <laughs> Is it in the script ever? Did the writer even consider this stuff? Possibly not. I hope that he wrote it while he was shitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he wrote it while he was shitting. I want that to be real. <laughs> he was just like, they have to pick up the phone. Yeah. And also, again, because they're college kids, they have shit to do. Yeah. If I'm studying for uni, <laughs> I'm not about to... Get the phone and be like, I'm going to die. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, cause either there's consequence that hasn't been explained to us mm. for why they keep picking up the phone and like just giving the pathway thing time or they're all the dumbest people on planet earth. Yeah. Which is interesting. Going back to the pathway scene where we're introduced, there's these weird, like Chekhov's gun is consistently put on the mantle throughout this entire film Multiple times. I think at the end of the film, I I counted, there were like nine checkoff guns. Yeah. Um, Like just like sprinkled in conversation that never get picked up again and shot. Like um, Jake Gray has this moment, like Jake has this moment before the pathway scene where he's talking about how he wants to kill his parents with a fucking hammer. Yes. And that comes out of nowhere. That's so jarring. I made a note of that. <laughs> Like, it literally comes out of nowhere. He's talking about how he wants to murder his family um, with a hammer, specifically. It's super specific and super, like, It's super, like, graphic. Yeah. yeah, it's like he's kind of thought about it, which links back to the weird visions, but also doesn't, because the visions to him are sinful and, like, impulsive. But this weird throwaway conversation brings up a whole new thing of issues because i'm like what is the relevance of explaining that he's already violent yeah except for the m night Shyamalan twist at the end is that the hint that we get because that's the only one <laughs> i mean i guess so right but <laughs> that doesn't make any sense yeah <laughs> um because then and it's in the, uh, yeah here we go i wrote this note he is underscore mental totally like talks openly about killing his family in the first 15 minutes in the of first the movie, 15 minutes of the which movie if you're gonna like try to endear your audience to your main character to get them to root for them maybe don't don't do, do that. that don't do that um <laughs> clearly a psychopath which is pretty crazy and this is insane that we're still in the first 20 minutes yeah. of the film and already We've established a little bit of Jake's context while also like already jumping into the pathway. Yeah. We've gone in raw no condom because, huh? (laughs) And yeah, again, he's mental, right? But also it's weird juxtaposing when he has the visions and he visibly like cringes and winces. Mm. Whereas there's no remorse when he's talking about it openly. Yeah. And then everyone around him is like, ah, dude, that's so and then, fucked And then up. they start telling yeah. their own stories about how they want their parents dead. Huh? 
<laughs> and little Chucky is like, yeah. I want to strangle my mom. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, where is this coming from, you psycho fucking teens? And then they have sex, and then they're like, you're going to die. But then the movie shifts into a detective movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then we're like, okay, what the fuck? Yes, and and this is where it starts breaking its own rules because yeah. there's the bit with the gun, right? Yeah. Where he's tossed the gun into the lake. Yes. Then we should say Chucky... At the request of the game, yeah, shoots and kills two characters who are having sex. Who, yeah, he was gonna, but but pr- before the game was gonna pull out a gun on them already, already in the in Un, like premeditated that nothing. on campus. He just yeah. has a gun, and he there's a bit of beef <laughs> maybe because I think he likes the girl that the other guys with well, maybe, and then just is about to pull out a gun. <laughs> so Jensen takes the gun off him, tosses it into the into the ocean. Yeah. But then later the gun is back. The gun's back and he sees himself throwing the gun into the ocean with the red filter on it implying that that was just a vision. Yeah. So already it's gone, now nah, fuck you audience. We're we're going to establish <laughs> some rules that when we see it in like the creepy red filter that's a that's his vision and not really happening, but we saw him do it just Moments ago. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also strange that he openly admits to the police he chucked away a fucking weapon. Yes. (laughs) He's like, no, that specific weapon with that serial number that probably has my fingerprints on it. Yes, that weapon. Oh, you know, I threw it into the lake earlier. That doesn't absolve you of being involved. (laughs) That's that's why it's got my fingerprints on it. I threw it. But also, like, the audience thinks that might be in my head. Yeah. Um, But also, uh, Chucky's death. Which follows yes. very soon after that, I yep. think. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, loved it. I did love the reveal where we can, like, if you're in that room yeah. and you see Chucky sitting at his desk with fucking pencil sticking out of his head and yep. his tongue cut off as well. Yeah. And yeah. As soon as you walk into that room and you see him from behind, you're like, that guy's dead, but he like walks up and he's curious and he's like the psycho reveal of, the guy's, of Norman Bates' mother. He spins the body around and then, yeah, yeah. it's really funny. Anyway, so in, uh, when I first watched this movie, I didn't understand why it was rated R in America, which here in Australia, which you on this podcast have established multiple times as MA here. I was like, why the fuck is this movie MA? Huh? And then 20 minutes in, we've got three people dead already. This, the killing stack starts here and doesn't end for ages. Yeah, and it gets really gory. The body count in this movie, off the charts. <laughs> what do you have written down? Um, well, well, actually, the, the, the phone call thing that is happening in this movie, yeah. the first time it happens, immediately felt like ripping off the Matrix. Yes. Like the music change. We haven't really talked about music, but the music in this movie felt like when you're pitching a movie and you pick music from other movies yeah, to as temp music yeah. to kind of give and the filmmakers an idea of what they want to go for and then they've just left it in. Yeah. Because there are a couple of moments, when, when he, uh, all the way back at the beginning when they're in the woods, inexplicably, with the deer. Yeah. Um, Gutting an elk. He's like running through the woods and it's all exciting and then suddenly he stops and like serene Twin Peaks music starts playing yeah. in, the, in the woods. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, okay, we're in Twin Peaks or like Twilight the mo- vibes now. And now and then it just like suddenly, oh, we're in the Matrix, even though this came out six years after the Matrix. So it's yeah. like 
the most outdated thing. Yeah. Ever. Like, yeah. The music, the music takes you on a trip that's entirely independent to the film, which is a trend. Everything is disjointed. Their parts put together and yeah. they were like Frankenstitched yeah. and they were like, this is they a film. <laughs> post edited the fuck out of this movie to try and make it make sense. But tried to yeah. edit it in pre as well. Because the way that <laughs> Jensen is reacting is like trying to get the vibe that the music change and shift. But then yeah. he's also like, <gasps> <laughs> and it's just this Matrix music. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they tried to do shit and I think that the music just doesn't correlate. And some of the snippets of the music swell changes. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is happening? Also, I should have said this before. I couldn't stop laughing. His boss at the electronic <laughs> store. Best as character. Soon as I saw him. He is Al from like in Al's toy barn in Toy Story 2. He's he just is. that character. And he's like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you why why are you flirting with people at the computer store? We work in a computer store. It's not established that you're actually a good technician and you could technically trace the IP address to the pathway. Don't talk about that. Yeah. You fakes computers. <laughs> He's one of the best characters at NGL. Also one of the most realistic. Yeah. For some reason, his his reactions are some of the most realistic shit I, I, I saw in the movie. Mm. So, okay. He, I'm trying to wrap my head around the logic of this movie because he gets the police involved because he thinks that Jensen, I'm just calling, his name's Jack, isn't it? Jake? Name's Jake. Jake. Jake he thinks has stolen stuff overnight after getting fired. Yes. Yes. And then when the police come and he's there as well and they check the footage, the boss is in there with a bunch of other people stealing shit. Now, <laughs> did that actually happen? Or or is that the game influencing real like changing the footage or is it a vision or it like I didn't realize that the game had the power to change reality. Well, it's never established any part other than that. Like I said, that's another Chekhov's gun that gets put up because that is the only time that something is augmented or not augmented and that's mm. real, which makes no fucking sense that the boss would call the cops on his ex-employee because some anyway. Because who stole stuff? Could it wasn't, it wasn't him. Never, revol- never result. <laughs> just doesn't make any sense <laughs> because the main thing with the police in this film yeah. is that Jake's uncle is a policeman yes which is a really big oh he's a sheriff sorry because of the fucking geographical location that we're in is Georgia bumfuck nowhere because it's never established it's just a lot of forest mm. <laughs> um, but like the sheriff is his uncle which I found is a very prevalent theme in a lot of these early 2000s films is that the protagonist has to have something and that connection with the police Mm. why what is the relevance other than to go i threw the gun in the river and then him going oh yeah that seems like my nephew and then they they can also (laughs) like have heart like a heart to heart when they're talking about police stuff yeah Yeah. your dad's a bit of a drunk i guess but yeah i'm the police (laughs) Huh? What? Like, it's so random. And it throws you off a little bit because, I don't know, he doesn't... Anyway. Mm. And then we also, like, we start to see, like, a creature down in the basement. We do. 
Which, which immediately I was like, hold that fucking camera still. I want to see that creature. It looks dope. But then later in the movie, we see a CGI version of the, of the creature. And I'm like, that's Nasty. why they were shaking the camera around. Nasty. Yeah. Um, it looks it looks dope in the way that because the camera is moving. I'm there's like, like a weird like shuddery. There's a weird shuddery effect which to it. I couldn't it. tell if it was a camera effect or if they actually just put that on in post. It could be in post. Yeah. But it was, it's funky. So yeah. there's, along with, like I said, the plot is a fucking mess. We've got the main A plot, which doesn't become an A plot halfway through the film, uh, The Pathway, which we then rack up to our second kill pretty soon after the first, um, like five minutes after six minutes. <laughs> the movie moves fast. There's also the establishment that we have this weird Babadook creature in the basement that yeah. we have no idea whether or not Jensen's actually hallucinating this creature because it's a vision. It feels like a vision because the other visions that we had established feel very similar. And then we rack up to our second kill, which is his childhood best friend, who he fucks on occasion. But and 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 it's it's implied that the game is prompting her to fuck him again and then fuck other people. Yes. So to what game, end? The game <laughs> syphilis. <laughs> like why? The game like is prompting you not only to kill people but also to fuck. <laughs> that's a horny game as well so isn't it's, it? like it's yeah. horny time yeah. <laughs> so i've no Which idea I, I guess like there's that horror trope of like teenagers having sex leads to death like that's the classic yeah but then Friday she the dies thing. in a totally unrelated yeah. way huh yeah because the pathway the one of the main aims which isn't prevalent at all until you look at the movie a second time is that the pathway is meant to kill quote unquote bad people mm. in your own life because mm-hmm. as we know the pathway gets up every single piece of information from you that's right so they know who you dislike <laughs> huh um and so that's why chucky who already had murderous intentions for them kills the people he was already going to kill yeah. and then kills himself afterwards and then this chick doesn't like her boss so she's like well um, doesn't like her boss in some incredibly uncomfortable sexual harassment scenes. Yes. That are like, I, so unnecessary and so out of the blue in what is a campy It happens so horror quick movie. Too. All of a sudden, oh, it's like really realistic, grounded depictions of workplace sexual assault. I'm like- Suddenly, suddenly yeah. the acting shifts to being like wooden campy. Sh- oh my God. <laughs> this is really upsetting. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's for some reason someone like shifted the gear yeah. and they were like, and the guy playing her boss was way too intimate. Like in in the sense that he's really effective as the creepy boss yeah. character. Yeah. In in a way that doesn't fit with the rest of the movie and how effective he because the is. other boss that we've seen is the is Al from, Toy, Al Story. from <laughs> Toy Story. There's no consistency <laughs> with how shitty the characters can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no. I don't know. The degree of how much we dislike a character changes yeah. as we go about the film. And like I said earlier, there are so many characters that get established that we don't learn anything about, but we have these weird jarring scenes where it's like, this guy sexually assaults her and that's why it justifies why he's about to die. Wah! It's like, yeah, what is happening? Yeah. Where am I? 
And then we have the extra plot with the chick that we met at the computer store yeah. who loves tarot cards. So then Jake loves tarot cards and he says, come over, let's have a date. My friends are dying and I'm grieving, but I'm kind of horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's really disjointed because she's like, you're grieving. I'll take you away to a shack and it'll be weird vibes. And he's like, uh-huh, 100% signing up. Don't give a f- I met you yesterday. <laughs> this is dope. <laughs> That's the other thing. Is like the timeline of the movie is so difficult to you make sense You have no of. idea what It could be three weeks later. It could be like the next day. You have no idea. Yeah. But then we so, also yeah. have, again, so many moments happening. Just like everything is happening at once, but also, huh? Mm. <laughs> Do you have any notes? Yeah. Well, I, I was then like, at this point we start getting a whole bunch of like, one-liners almost yeah <laughs> yeah in rapid succession yeah um and and this will take us up to the, the twist and and what the movie is really about and then we can talk about it as a whole but there, there's there there are a handful of written jokes yes. in the script <laughs> did you write them down that are terrible yes and I, i've only written down the punchline here i wish i'd written down the setup <laughs> yeah. but there's there's a there's a scene with um, Jake, his girlfriend, and Dakota, the childhood friend. Yeah. And I guess it then goes into like dumb high school raunchy comedy stuff because then there's a joke about um, she, uh, Dakota mishears something that the girlfriend says and says, oh, my parents named me before I was conceived. And like it's meant to be a punchline to a joke and it actually just doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Just the most disjointed shit. And it shit. then cut to Jensen Ackles <laughs> unintentionally. But it was like someone at a comedy show just like turning to camera and just being like, that was the worst Side fucking thing eye. I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. It was Jim in the office. Yeah. But completely unintentional. There are some, there are some serious cutaways. Yeah. And like, and like the editing in some of the fucking scenes is janky as hell. Cause oh, yeah. It's like one of the, um, actually one of my favorite emotional parts from him for real but uh there's another part of the movie that's never explained it's another check off his gun that gets picked up is that jake is established to ha- well it does actually get picked up but not resolved mm. jake's mother is yes uh in an in a care home and yeah. she is in a wheelchair and wheelchair bound and there's this scene where we find out his girlfriend which i realized we both like totally forgot about works at works this, at the care home works yeah. at the care home which when you learn about her plot twist later, that's fucked. That also just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Doesn't make sense at all. But, um, so she works at this care home and there's this moment <laughs> where they're having a conversation after Jake has just learned his mother is going to die very soon because yeah. she's very ill. Um, and she's like, hey, like, how are you? And he like, which is actually a great emotional moment, but they cut it really shit. Is he is crying and he turns over to her and is like wiping his tears and he laughs. And he's like, ah. And it cuts to her and she's like, deadpan face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's having this like actually really good established emotional moment and it cuts to her and she's just like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, he's doing really good. Jensen's pussy yeah. is popping and I don't know what and you're then, on. But then what she says is like, oh, I, I finished my shift in. 10 minutes or something I'll meet you wherever which I guess when they wrote it was probably intended in like a oh, I'm I'm. do you want me I'm to console you? you do you want me to but it just comes across as 
oh, you're really sad. Your mom's going, hey, you want to go on a date? There's so many people dying around you. Are you horny? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> which is really funny that like his immediate shift is implied, which it doesn't cut back to him at that moment, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Either he didn't have a choice and he had to go with her or he was like, yeah. Because like, there are no establishing shots in this movie. <laughs> There's yeah. a mid shot and then fucking close-ups on both of them. And then we cut to another close-up in a different location. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> Where did we go? Where are we? Is this like immediately afterwards? Is this the next day? Is this, we, we just don't know. Yeah. It's cut so poorly. And then it cuts to like the shack in the woods. Yeah. And then, which, which is says to me in? like, is, is this the fault of the director or is it the fault of the script or is it the fault of the editor? Because I can imagine the editor sitting down to, cut this movie and going we just don't have any master shots of any locations yeah it's it's figuring out who to fault because we know that the script was duty ass yeah (laughs) we know that yeah editing wise that could have been fixed for real yeah we could have done some cutting away however directing wise where are the established but like i said before there are dolly shots we have some crane oh the first half of the movie, some of those scenic... There was one shot where I was like, oh, someone directed that, which he drives into college, and I think the camera is on a crane attached to the front of his car. Yeah. And it's sort of like looking down on the car from above, and it moves with the car, mm. and then cranes down, and then dollies across as yeah. he gets out of the car and walks into college, and the way it, it, pans it dollies out to it like the across is you kind of like change perspective and, and it and it shows you, reveals the front door to the college that he's about to walk into. And I was like, oh, someone designed that shot and they executed it and there was yeah. probably five or six takes to get it right at least. Yeah. And that's a movie. Someone did that. That's a, yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine either the editor, I guess by accident, put it in there and, and <laughs> made made a good choice or he was suddenly, he was go- going through all the footage and went, oh my God. We have nothing. We have to put that in because that's a real <laughs> shot. Like that's someone. We yeah. have nothing. We have to put this in. That looks so dope. Um, yeah. And because that's one of the first shots. And so then you're lulled into this weird sense of security where you're like, oh, slay. And then it's just over the shoulder. Yeah. Talking shots. <laughs> Some other amazing lines that I've made, made a note of. Imagine if Hitler had the internet. I think that's <laughs> such a good one. <laughs> That's such a good one. That's such a good line. I love that line. Imagine if Hitler had the internet. And the other one, which is like at the peak emotional point of the scene, Jake goes and he yells at the top of his voice, the bitch was in my basement. Yes! There are some serious, like, Jensen and Jensen's veins when he, like, yells that fucking, that bitch was in my basement. Because they're arguing about whether whether or not the monster exists. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. Because someone sees her or it's a yeah. vision. It's not entirely fucking explained, explained. at all. Um, and then he's just like, I saw the bitch in my basement. <laughs> She's in my basement. <laughs> it's and just I like, love so. That rude and like crass out of nowhere. It literally comes because, out of nowhere. Because up, up until this point, shit. he's kind of like the most wholesome, wide-eyed person, except for when he just randomly talks about killing his parents. Yeah. Whereas everyone around him is awful all the time. Everyone, everyone around him, it's very strange, the dynamic. Like I said, 
um, before, for some reason, he attracts this weird uncanny valley shit. Mm. But it doesn't make sense for these people to be shitty. Yeah. Like, there's so many aspects of the characters that are, like, quote-unquote nice to him. And it's the fact his best friend owns a gun. Yeah. And his other childhood best friend fucks him to feel better. Yeah. Huh? And then, like, everybody just is awful. And then as the body count continues, no one consults him. No. He's at the center of this, and I feel like everybody gets a little bit sus. Yeah. But no one is like, hey, man, are you okay? Everyone's like, you want to fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it seems to me like, and, I, and I, you see this often in shitty horror movies, that it's dialogue and situational stuff written for teenagers. Mm. You know, they're, technically, they're college kids, but I have a hunch this was written for high school. And then, the and then act- they made it all. <laughs> well, and the, act- the actors were too old to pull off high schoolers. Yeah. Um, dialogue and situational stuff written for young people by like a 50 year old yes and there's like it comes across that there's like disdain for the characters in how that they're written from the perspective of the person who's writing them he's probably like i fucking hate young people Uh, this is totally conjecture i have no idea but it comes across that it's written by an old guy who's like these characters are so annoying yeah and i'm writing them because they're a reflection of how i feel about the young people in my life. So I'm just going to make them the worst people ever because yeah. that's how I feel about them. Yeah. It's yeah. also like the archetypes are so prevalent. Mm. It's like you could pick and choose them and be like, of course the hot chick would want to fuck people instead of kill them first. Yeah. Of course this little weird Chucky looking kid has would a gun. K- has a gun. Yeah. And then of course the uncle policeman sheriff would have a soft spot for his nephew and let him slide. Like all of these archetypes are set out so perfectly, which makes no fucking sense why the movie is the way that it is. Because it is the formula for a great horror movie. And then they were like, there's a demon in the basement. (laughs) The bitch is in the basement. (laughs) The The bitch is in the basement. And then it makes no sense. So then the body count continues to rack up as the film goes on. Yeah. And I have a qualm. I have many with this film, but this one I particularly have. Um, the uncle dies, R.I.P. Yep. Um, he didn't play the pathway. No, he didn't. He just gets a fucking stick through the head. He crashes his car, right? Yeah. yeah. Did a demon do that or did he just die? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Because <laughs> it kind of... <laughs> Am I hallucinating or does, did he have visions of that? I think so. I think he had visions of that. But why? But why? <laughs> Did he just die? Did the visions mean that he just sees people die? Because he didn't die by the pathway, but the rest of the movie, he has visions of people dying by the pathway. Huh? <laughs> and then it gets to a point where we find out that uh, Jake is trying to find the CEO of the pathway. Yeah. Because he's like, I needed. I need to figure it out. Everybody's dying. Um. And then he gets quasi kidnapped by a ghost. Yep. Which is pretty crazy. <laughs> On his quest to find the CEO of the pathway, a ghost quasi kidnaps him. How? Does he get possessed by the ghost and then drives the car? Because I don't know if that's his car. Is that his car? We don't know. Uh, and then he drives, he gets driven, I guess, by a zombie. <laughs> to the CEO of the pathway and he says it's a video game. Yeah. He says I made this video game. I'm the devil, but I'm not. I'm trying to find the devil's son. 
He, he, yeah, he's like a because he, he yeah he oh, oh sorry <laughs> the tattoo thing as well. Oh we'll yeah, come back I forgot about second, the tattoo. That happens thing. before. The, yeah, what that, that happens before? Uh, Jake just like randomly gets a tattoo, but then the tat like the tat disappears. The, the, the tat disappears, and also the guy loses like chops his fingers off or something. Yeah, but you don't actually see it happen, and it's the way it's edited again. People listening to this episode I, are going to fucking riot that we are not doing this wrong. But so many things, because I just remembered uh, Jensen Ackles' character, Jake, also meets his real dad. Yes. And... Huh? So, is this, is this <laughs> where we explain the twist? Uh, People are already confused by this point, I oh, think. And, and if you're listening and you're like, this doesn't make any fucking sense, that's because it that's doesn't make movie. any fucking that's sense. That's the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the pathway... We learn, which introduces the twist, yeah. that the pathway was created to find the devil's son. Yes. And Jensen's character being Jake figures out that's him. Um, and then he throws the CEO off of- a, In, Into the pool. Into the pool. And, and then, so and he just did that cold, like cold turkey just killed somebody. Yeah, he like smacks his head on the bottom <laughs> of the pool and just dies. <laughs> Like, no mercy, just fucking kill somebody. And the whole time he's like, these visions are just sinful. And then he's like, yeah, now nah, fuck this guy. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Throws him up a third story Which balcony means into a pool. that our kill count has come to a total of seven people thus far in the movie. Mm. And we're not even done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it- because um, then... <laughs> Sorry, everyone, I just hit my headphones against the microphone. <laughs> we learn um, that... Because I think the CEO of Pathway tells Jake that he... Is that the guy that he meets in his, like, shitty run-down house? No. No. The, oh, that's no, that's the, the guy that he throws off the balcony. That's the guy he the throws pool. off the balcony He's in the, the CEO. He's the CEO. Okay, and the is other... That what you, is that what you not got from the film? Because it's not established. You no, 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 because well, I, I, I think I, I thought that the, the other guy that he meets... Who's his dad? Okay, so that's his dad. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the other way around. I thought he was like he was this creepy recluse guy <laughs> no, who made his, a shitty his, little video game, and he that's was like his real dad looking for. The, he was like a fanatic looking well, for, the, for like a satanist type thing. So he is a satanist, yes, but he's also not because he's the CEO of the Pathway created the game through this guy who yeah. we, who we find out is Jake's real dad. Yes, but. The pathway guy explains to us, which is kind of the big twist, that uh, he walked in on a guy, like the priest, walked in on the devil giving birth to a baby yeah. and stole it. Yeah. And then the devil tried to get her baby back. And that's why his mother's in a wheelchair because they fucking got into a car accident. <laughs> and so his real dad has wanted to find his son. This whole time. Yeah. And so through the pathway, through the CEO guy who's dead in a pool now, <laughs> he tried to do that. And so when he meets with this guy, which is towards the end of the film, I think yeah, he meets his right dad. Yeah. And um, and he's like, I'm your dad. And then Jake goes, uh-huh, that's pretty sick. What's your deal though? And he's like, I love Satan. That's your mom. And he's like, eh, bye. <laughs> he leaves him. And we never learn about that again. So, it, okay. If you're... If you're the devil and you, you've lost your son yeah, and you go, I'm going to make a game that's basically data mining people. <laughs> I am and TikTok. Everyone that plays, I, <laughs> it's the 2005 TikTok. But like you, anyone that enters their name, all of us somehow, not explain how, you have their full name, 
the driver's license, social security, bank, like, everything. everything. At that point, you could find your son. Yeah. What's the phone calls about? Like, why? <laughs> why? Why does but any of this have to happen? The real question is. So as we come to a close in the film, yeah. and then I need to give, I need you to give your final thoughts, and okay. me to give my final thoughts afterwards. Yep. As we come to a close in the film, we get confronted with computer chick caregiver lady and she's like chick and he's like yeah he's like i'm your mom (laughs) i changed my form to be close to you yeah she didn't need the pathway to do that she met him at the computer store before the pathway yep why did we have the pathway (laughs) sorry i had to pick the mics also why did the pathway exist if that was the entire reason the pathway existed she knew that she was his mum the whole time yep and she chose that form to be close to him. Yeah. Didn't mean she had to fucking mack on with him the whole movie. And yeah. Like- it's giving back to the future. Um, but also when we do find out, he goes, she goes, I'm not your girlfriend. I'm actually your mom. He still kisses, kisses her. her. You kiss your not, mother with that Not in like mouth. a little like kiss on the cheek way. No, she, he smooches. They're like they full smooch. French. Yeah. Yeah. You kiss your mother with that mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy uh, but he yeah. she then gives him an option she says stay with me and be my little son and and rule over hell or go live a normal life that i'll ruin for you because i'm gonna frame you for all the murders that just happened yeah. and he says i don't want to stay and she goes staying with me means drinking my blood drink my blood i'm giving it to you anyway go back to your normal life what did the implication of him drinking her blood do? If he did it already, but still went back to normal life. Yeah. What? And then we get a voiceover where he's getting uh, arrested Friend. by the police and his uncle is there, which yep. makes no sense because he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> but also the, fr- the voiceover is like, and any subtlety in like, what, it's still shitty and, and, I have, and annoying. I have a quote. But I didn't- like- I didn't write out the whole monologue no. at the end, but I wrote out one of the lines and I need to find it. I have four pages of notes on this. So we need to actually, um, the devil couldn't kill our child. <laughs> is one of the things that was what? said in the <laughs> What? But like, and then he just says, oh, my my mum, who's the devil, framed me for all this stuff. Yeah. Or maybe I actually just did it all, and I'm hallucinating, and it's and it was all like, <laughs> which is pretty crazy for the people in the back. <laughs> um. Apparently, it was all real, <laughs> except he did it. It wasn't visions. He probably did it himself. Yeah. We went through this whole pathway bullshit. And it, wasn't. and it was all just in his head. It wasn't even relevant. Yeah. Of course he wanted to kill his fucking parents with a hammer because he was actually killing people. Or maybe he wasn't. We don't know. Maybe the devil stuff was real. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me an epilogue where he's in the asylum. Yeah. Come on, guys. I just wanted that. I wanted the closure. But mm. he just gets arrested and then the film ends. And then we have this weird credit music. <laughs> and that's the movie. What are your notes, John T? Yeah. Give us I'm, I'm notes. just looking through to see like what other things that I have written down. I have so many. So at the point at which all this stuff happens, all in caps, I wrote, oh shit, he's the devil. 
And then in brackets, wait, he's the devil's son? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> so okay, and then, oh yeah, yeah, and then and then they start when 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 we uh, find out that the girlfriend is actually his mum, who's also the devil, yeah. who's been <laughs> the architect of the whole thing. I said, what the fuck? She's his mother. Still gonna smash though? Question mark. Oh, gross. I guess they're still gonna <laughs> smash. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then, oh, and then, and then she, um, reveals her like devil form oh. and it's like a PlayStation 2 cutscene. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty crazy. It um, is, yeah. It looks so bad. Looks and you compare it to like, I actually wrote down here as well. It's kind of like Donnie Darko for perverts and wait. Yeah. <laughs> in Donnie Darko, you just got a guy in a rabbit suit. Like you don't need crazy CGI to nah. make it. Whereas in this, which is like for what? Four years after Donnie Darko, yeah, it like CGI wasn't that like you could still make stuff look decent yeah. back then with CGI. You were allowed, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, and I guess like budgetary reasons and like they probably just shot some footage on set and yeah. then were like we'll figure it out later and then ran out of money. Like who who knows? But like it just looks so bad and. Yeah goes to this one note that I have that I think is really important in how I feel about this is it's meant to be a horror movie. Yes. It is not scary. No. At all. The gore at all. the gore is the only thing that makes it a horror movie. Yeah. Because there are some pretty gnarly gore scenes. Like mm-hmm. of the shitty plot and the shitty everything about this film and the fact that it doesn't make any sense, I will give credit where credit's due. Each of the gory kills, like there's a moment where Jake has this vision where he is cutting off his own tongue. Yeah. And it doesn't cut away. No. It's just like... And it's done practically. It's done practically. You just yeah. watch him cut the tip of his tongue off. The blood comes a little late, I gotta yeah. be honest. Yeah. But, like, other than that, I... That's crazy. Yeah. That uh, just happens out of nowhere, too. But it's, like, so well done that I was like, okay, I'm... Okay, sick. And then they're like... The practical kind of effects of like Chucky's eyes with the pencils, yep. like it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like the branch, yeah, stuck through the branch. His- the branch stuck through Uncle, who now is alive again at the end. Um, stuck through his head. It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. The like car looks good. The the like blood splatter looks pretty real. Like every the gore is good, and yeah. the fact that they don't cut away from it, like when the chick, how does she kill the boss again? <laughs> Because I, I think she, remember. I think she like, killed, I think she severs off a part of his hand first, and then does something, and that's all on screen. It's yeah, pretty bloody. I, I don't remember that whole like scene. It's very much clouded by the sexual abuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the thing that sticks out to me in that. And then the tattoo scene, I had totally forgotten about until now. But that, yeah, yeah. The the practical stuff. The practical stuff. Looks cool. pretty good, and yeah. it's actually kind of cool. But I think as soon as the thing turns to CGI, <laughs> Devil Lady PlayStation Two cutscene. I think it's overshadowed by the fact that, like, the main reason that we're here for the ending of the film, <laughs> she looks like a PS Two. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's also a moment when um she looks like she'd be she'd be like <laughs> one of us speaks in rhymes, one of us yeah. speaks in riddles. <laughs> There's also like Dakota, the childhood friend that fucks everyone. Yeah. The blonde. Her eyes then 
turn like like fire yeah fills up her eyes that's pretty funny and it looks so so goof. terrible it's uh, it's the goofiest shit yeah <gasps> slow yeah. when i was watching that too i was like w- like what's the purpose of all the kills being completely different as well mm. i guess for variety but it was yeah that's the only reason i think it has the r rating oh yeah i think they allowed themselves to have the level of like weird fucking shit in there they say fuck a few times as well which they do that'll, um that'll get you an r rating that'll get you an r rating. i think it's like four or five times they say fuck well i mean the theory i think is that you're allowed one in a pg-13 rated movie yeah um but and the ma it's like yeah ma yeah oh i mean because there's ma here on r-rated over there yeah these days you can say that word as many times as you want in an m-rated movie like it doesn't really yeah matter but i guess yeah the gore is probably the reason why it's ma-15 here in australia because yeah because i just think (sighs) the real question is as a movie does it hold up no nothing about this movie is relevant however it's the like such an interesting watch to realize like this is technically on imdb a video probably the first video reviewed here on blue rose i'd be really curious to see if it ever actually played in cinemas that is something i'd be curious about as yeah. well i don't know just everything there's about just this no f- information about this movie anywhere yeah <laughs> like i i have no clue i just love some of the pointless kills yeah like the uncle didn't play the game <laughs> And it's just implied he just fucking dies. Like, yeah. That's so stupid. He just like gets in a car accident mid movie. Yeah. Huh? The in depth flashbacks of like law for Jake. Yeah. Were really interesting, but they weren't relevant at all. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many parts of this movie. Um Dominic Swain, who Dominique, sorry, Swain, who played Dakota. Mm. I think her performance in the movie was actually all right, except for the parts where she was just like, my main plot point is I need to fuck. Yeah. She gets weirdly like sexually aggressive at different points. It's time to fuck. Yeah. Sigma face. (laughs) (laughs) But at other points she's like being emotionally vulnerable with him and then just like flicks a switch and goes, anyway, I got to go fuck some more dudes. It's like, what? Yeah, like there's this weird, like, during the lap dance scene yeah. when she's like... I guess technically is a sex scene. Technically. There's no evidence that suggests that. There's nothing movie. even, like, under the clothes. No. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> it's, like, dry humping with clothes on. Yeah. Um, but she's like, what even am I? And Jake is, like, so horny that he's like, I don't know. <laughs> And it's so weird because she's like trying to be emotional. And then he's like, I don't know. Maybe you're just like, we're just friends, right? And she's like, okay, let's fuck. Oh, that's right. And then they're like, they start talking about like, they're arguing about who took whose virginity. Yes. (laughs) And I was so uncomfortable. That comes out of nowhere, but it's also still at the point of the movie where nothing's developed past the fact that we know Jake's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> huh? <sighs> She's like, I took your virginity. He's like, no, I took yours. I don't think that's how that worked. I think I took yours. And I was like, what? Who talks like that? That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. Jake, please go to sex ed, man. Yeah. 
yep. Whoever yep, wrote yep, this yep, film, yep, 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 go yep. to sex ed guy. <laughs> you can't have sex with clothes on. <laughs> and you, a woman can take another woman's virginity, or a woman can take a man's virginity. That's how that. That's how that works. <laughs> that can work. But yeah, there's uh, a weird like sexual undertone for a lot of the female character. Like every female character in this film fucks yeah. at one point. Yeah, which is interesting, but yeah. irrelevant. There's also like the, the there's no nudity, no, except for a character who has one line. Mm. Who Cabbage Patch Kid then shoots when she's yeah. having sex with the um, with the I boyfriend? Think, I think her one line is like "No." Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's interesting that he makes eyes at her at the start of the film, mm-hmm. and then he's just like, "No mercy, kill die, bitch." Yeah, <laughs> you are fucking my enemy. <laughs> yeah. But literally, like I now that I'm thinking about it, pretty much every female character in this film fucks at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2005, baby. Written by a middle-aged man. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting because My Bloody Valentine 3D, which Jensen Ackles also stars in, has similar vibes in the way that it is another slasher. Yeah. Arguably a little bit better <laughs> okay. plot-wise. Okay. They're equally both kind of bad movies. Yeah. But there is like an explicit nude scene in that film. And so for some reason in my head, I had that scene in this movie. Right. And it would have made more sense. Okay. For it to be in that one scene where they're in the shack. I don't know why. Any nudity of any kind in that shack scene would have made more sense than them being weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because like nudity in slashes is like. It's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. Like that's a trope of nudity and sex being. Yeah. A transgression that is then you pay for in getting chopped up by Freddy or, or Jason or yeah. like, but it, it, yeah, the nudity in here just felt like, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like in the edit, they'd kind of gone, oh, we're not really going for that kind of vibe in this movie. And then but, they went for the vibe anyway. But she's got a shirt off in, in that whole scene. So they kind of can't cut around it. So there's just like <laughs> four frames of boobs and <laughs> that's, that's it. it. And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah. talking a lot about sex in this back half, but I feel like it is relevant because of how jarring it is to not relevant at all in the plot. Yeah, that's right. Because sometimes, like most of the time in flashes, flashes. <laughs> Slashes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> just imagine Friday the 13th with Jason and Steve just like went around the big trench going Nips. Like <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> slashes. Nudity serves a purpose and sex serves a purpose yeah. in horror films. Yes. This served no purpose to any part of the film. The pathway section, the sex section, and the devil section of this film, everything is so disjointed that it becomes this weird amalgamation of nothing. Yeah. But it's also kind of weirdly good in a bad way. I loved watching this movie. <laughs> More out of a, like, I loved just asking questions, questions while watching it. Like, what, hang on, that character's <laughs> doing that. Why? And like, yeah. yeah, it's all, it's just like, it's a lesson in how not to put a movie together. Yeah. yeah. Which I kind of love. And I love that it don't it doesn't exist, so no one will know the cautionary tale. And I hope that history repeats itself, mm. 
and this happens again <laughs> because I fucking want a modern because like fucking up in the early 2000s, 90s, specifically in horror films, super common. Oh yeah, you have a ton of, ones, of yeah. you have a ton of flops. Both of them horror movies, Jensen mm. Ackles is flops, but like that is kind of the era nowadays. I think people are trying a little bit too hard with their horror, with their thriller. And there's a lot of stuff that gets taken too seriously. Mm. This film, I don't know if it's taking itself seriously or not. It doesn't feel like it is at some points. Yeah. But then other points you're like, we're just flopping. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like when they were making it, they were taking it seriously. And then afterwards they were like. And in post they realize, oh oh dear. (laughs) Oh dear. dear. Straight to video. Straight to video. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to put this movie out at all. Yeah. Or, Or like an executive saw saw a rough cut of it and was like yeah fucking what (laughs) i just want more of these films because i do find a lot of enjoyment in Mm. just the random shit walking away from devour it devoured an hour and a half of my time and i loved it because it's like a vortex of nothing (laughs) (laughs) it's a vortex of nothing yeah I I, i this i don't know where this came from but i went into this thinking that it was a vampire movie yeah, because why? on the on the poster they're like oh, it's yeah. all like red and they've got these like whited out eyes and I don't know. Yeah, and just the title, I was like, I guess this is like a teen vampire movie. It, that does give the vibes of a vampire movie. Actually. I still don't know what the title has to do with anything. Uh, the blood at the end—that's the only relevance. Oh uh, yeah, true. I, I suppose he does devour some devour blood. Some blood, but like when I hear, dev- I, I was also thinking like vampire or cannibal movie or something. No, no, it's like a weird. Like it's Truth worse. or Dare movie, but like twenty years prior with even worse. I mean, Truth or Dare's piece of shit movie. I hate that movie. Um, I think yeah. this is like a piece of shit that serves a purpose because the purpose is Jensen Ackles wants this movie buried, and I won't let that happen <laughs> because God, we cannot let shitty horror movies like this die. We need to re- have a resurgence. If you're listening, Jensen Ackles. <laughs> Which Please! Which you're not. Which you are not. But I love you and I want everybody to know that this movie exists because it's hot garbage, but it's hot garbage I'm passionate about. Hey, I mean, like, he probably got... He will get some check in the in the mail next month because I watched this on <laughs> iTunes. It won't be Hell heaps, yeah. but, like, go and watch Devour. <laughs> go and watch Devour or literally don't. This podcast, as chaotic as it has been thus far, is what the movie is like. Yeah, it's but a good representation of my real question for you as someone who genuinely reviews movies yeah. and has a genuine opinion and is a genuine person, and I made I subjected you to this film, yeah. <laughs> what would you rate it out of 10? Um, I, I rated it one star out of five on Letterboxd. Oh, I got to read that. <laughs> which is, I've got a couple of other Letterboxd reviews from other people that, that I want to read to you because they're hilarious. Oh, we need to do a segment because um, I have a couple. I So I guess... I, That's I, next. I guess I give it two out of ten, but it's impossible to actually qualitatively rate and like hold up to any metric of oh, yeah. standard. Couldn't tell you. So it's kind of like... It's one of those ones that I want to give five stars and one star at the same time. Yeah. Um technically like in terms of its technical qualities when the voiceover like as soon as the movie starts there's voiceover yeah and you can barely hear it because it's mixed so poorly the the adr is awful there is a hum because i was watching it with headphones on there is a hum that starts as soon as the voice starts 
and, and then ends. and then ends. So what that says to me is that they were like, "Oh shit, this movie makes no sense." Jensen, do you have a microphone at home that you can quickly record yeah. a voiceover on and send it over? And he, oh, yep, just plugged it into his computer and recorded it and sent it over. And that's what's in the movie. Like that's how it came that's across. It. And the filter that they put on in like the vision scenes, yeah, looks. Terrible. It looks like dog shit. It looks terrible. It literally. We've already talked about how terrible the editing is, and the editing's. It's just. It's put together like a home movie, and that's why it's a video. Yeah. Um. I rated it. Um. Which I I've watched this movie four times now, including the time that I watched it to prep for this podcast. Um. And. I hadn't rated it up until this point because like you said, I want to I want to rate it five stars and one star at, at yeah. all at the same time. So I had to rate it out of 10 Hitlers with access to the internet. And because <laughs> 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 that is a fucking line. I don't know what, it, like no one can tell me anything, but that is a line. Um, so I rated it three out of 10. Okay. Um, it gets one for the actually good VFX and um, horror like element that comes with the kills because they are a bit ominous. They are a bit vibey, but specifically for the scene where Jensen just like cuts the tip of his tongue off. Yeah. Like for me, for some reason, that stands out as some great CGI. Uh, CGI. Well, practical VFX. Practical. Um, then it gets one point for Jensen Ackles being in it just as a whole. Yeah. Um, but specifically for <laughs> the fact that every time he gets in an altercation with one of his shitty friends, he just starts yelling. Um, and that's the only way he resolves it. Um, and for the fact that he just works, like his job established before this movie is he just works at a computer store. Yeah. Not specifically to code computers and solve the problem of the pathway, just to like be a computer guy and then it gets one more point for the fact that every single Chekhov's gun that gets put on a mantle never gets resolved the plot holes are absolutely fucking insane and the fact that you have to watch it either a second time or talk about it afterwards means that it means nothing the plot means nothing yeah um I have a favorite letterboxed review here read it they've given it one star Jensen Ackles was dedicated enough to this movie to have his real-life father play his dad. This is so funny. Incomprehensible movie. Imagine finding out that your girlfriend is actually your mum and the devil and then just making out with her anyway. (laughs) (laughs) One star. (laughs) So real. There's another one that I really liked, um, which related to me um, very heavily. (laughs) Um, okay, so it was so this person rated it three stars. Okay, so it was good at first, and then it came ab- and then it became about religion, and I got bored. But then it got batshit insane at the end, which is pretty real. That's very representative of what the movie is. I love this one. Someone's just written they they haven't rated it out of five. They've just given they've liked it, um, and I'm not going to attempt saying it in um, Daniel Craig's. <laughs> knives out voice but it just says makes no damn sense compels me though <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb it's so dumb <laughs> yeah yeah um when he's doing that shit um in glass onion his monologue to miles mm. about how 
dumb everything is, that's what this movie is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read this sight unseen because it's a one and a half star review that is a bit longer. I think it's probably worth reading. I think whoever wrote this put the script down for a while and then forgot what the premise was when they returned to finish it. How else to explain why all the setup is about a mysterious website where you sign up and then start receiving weird phone calls from someone who sounds like you assigning... That doesn't make sense. Who sounds like you assigning you increasingly strange and dangerous tasks. And then that only happens like twice. And one of these times, it doesn't seem like the voice even asks the protagonist to do anything. It's a confusing kludge. I guess that's a word. Confusing kludge of ideas and tones in general. And one so hapless at what it's doing that it brings in some VO uh, voiceover narration at the end. And I'm not sure uh, that there had been any earlier. It's not true. There was some right at the beginning. To explain that the ending is supposed to be ambiguous. Yeah. Cast is sexy though. <laughs> D plus. <laughs> D plus. <laughs> um, I have I have two here. I have one which was five stars. Oh my god. Showed it to the fellas. Everyone was so fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> which is real. And then I have one which is one star which says mommy. Sorry. Mommy. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> mommy. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I like this one. It's three stars. It just says incredible nineteen ninety eight period drama. <laughs> Ah, yes, Devour, the movie that came out in 1998. (laughs) It's like fucking... It's like like Morbius. (laughs) The 2006 movie, Morbius. (laughs) It is like... For me, it's right on that border of like being a good, bad movie. Yeah. Because a good, bad movie has a lot of things that it needs to achieve and one of them is that the people making it need to think that they're making Citizen Kane. Yes. And I can't tell watching Devour at what point the people making it realised that they had a piece of dog shit on their hand. Because if they hadn't realised that, then it wouldn't have been a straight-to-video release. Yeah. It would have been released to cinemas and well, absolutely ravaged. <laughs> Because that's what I think is really funny about the way that they didn't take this shit seriously. Yeah. Because it's a fucking video. It went straight to DVD. No no tease of a cinema release either. That poster is a DVD cover. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is not a that is not meant to be at cinemas. Um yeah. and, and also it just isn't in print anymore. Exactly. For a movie that got straight really straight to DVD. It's just not on DVD anymore. There's nothing anymore. Well, because... And this five-star review on Letterboxd sums it up perfectly. Absolutely atrocious. A literal mess. I've recommended it to all my friends. (laughs) It's one of those movies where... It's a great review. It's just, like... It is so many things and nothing at the same time. There's no moral compass to the film. There's nothing that you get out of the film when you watch it, except questions. But... It's just so shit you want to tell everyone about it. (laughs) I think it's also just like a weird anomaly in terms of Jensen Ackles' career. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist. Yeah. But it's also like was a part of his career in the transitional period between soap operas and Smallville and then Supernatural. This came months before his fucking career Mm. just like went off yeah and then 15 years of his life was dedicated to that show because that is the hole that jen snackles was in for that 15 year period for the 15 seasons of supernatural that is all he did and now he's gotten out of the show 
and like blown up, Mm. which is insane that this piece of law (laughs) is a part of his acting history, but you can't fucking find it anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I I find like lost, lost media stories Mm. when you hear about like, lost episodes of spongebob or like this all is, of that stuff this is gonna be one of those so fascinating and this is one of those things where it, it is available but you gotta try pretty hard to find it yeah i guarantee that none of the listeners of this podcast episode have seen it and if you have if you're a listener of blue rose and you've fucking seen this film dm me please Oh my god! Because I wanted, I want to know how you found it. Yeah. But you probably haven't because it just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. If you're in Australia, you can find it on iTunes. But that's about it. That's about it. That's about it. That's yeah. About I it. went on eBay because I was like, oh, cheap, straight to DVD, mid two thousand. You have to have. They'll it. be like fifty cents. Like there'll be thousands of them. No, it costs like forty dollars to buy this on DVD now. Because there's nothing. Because it just doesn't exist. Because there's nothing left. Yeah. Um. Let's cleanse the palate a little bit by um, usually we look at the year that the movie came out in. Yeah. Um, are there, is there anything in particular that you would recommend other than Devour? I have to <laughs> that came out in 2005. Lord, if you can find it, please watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2005 is such an interesting year for films. <laughs> it is. It's a bit of a quiet in-between year. Yeah. When I was looking through the releases. Yeah. Like there are some big ones, like Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005. Yeah. Um, which I haven't looked this up, but I'm pretty sure that would be, if not the most pop- like a financially successful movie of the year, probably one of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is the year our Lord and Saviour Vin Diesel did release The Pacifier though, so... Oh my God! <laughs> I've not thought about that movie in 10 years. So please watch The Pacifier. Dude, that is a throwback. I remember loving that movie when I was a kid. Um, also the, the year that Robots came out. Yep. Um, which is great. And uh, Ryan Reynolds' hit film, Waiting. I don't even know what that movie is. Please don't watch it. It's fucking awful. Okay. It's it's like um, it's like a it's like a rip off of Friends. If Friends okay. was a movie, it's like the guy next door is right. Ryan Reynolds, right? But it's it was his shitty teenage, young adult acting era. Mm. Um, what else? Because I there are a few here. Like I rewatched Batman Begins few days ago yeah. before recording that came out this year which i hot take is my favorite of those three nolan batman movies mm-hmm. um that one goes pretty hard we we're talking about the descent before yeah. off mic that's which good. you went to i watched shot right yeah so wilson drayton who's on here um is my little brother which is pretty crazy because we have the same last name so you could deduce that and he was on like two seconds ago yeah <laughs> but he's been on a few episodes before yeah um, and he was just in here, but we wielding a hammer, <laughs> which is pretty relevant. Um, we both watched the descent together, um, which is great, it, which is really good. It's a fantastic movie. If you love contained thrillers and literally wanting to shit your pants for like an hour and a half, I would best I can it. describe is it's alien in a cave, it's yeah. a spaceship spelunking, yeah. Yeah. which is what um, cave diving is called. Pretty well sums up the word spelunking yeah 
gives that vibe of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, and then a week later after we had watched that film, or a week and a half, I went to America for a month. And uh, the person that I was in America with lives near the Appalachian Mountains. And then we went to the Appalachian Mountains where it was filmed and I wanted to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also did, I did a cave tour um, in Kentucky, which was so scary. <laughs> After watching that movie, I was like, oh my God. But it was really fun. Um, so that was pretty crazy. Mm. This is also one of the famous, like, best picture years that is like, they picked completely the wrong movie. Yeah. So Crash won best picture for in the... At Interesting. Which compared to when you got especially like Brokeback Mountain was the was the favourite. Brokeback Mountain everyone still slaps. like that movie holds up and, and when you look at the year of two thousand five is very clearly one of the most important movies of that year. No yeah. one no one had seen Crash well pe- clearly people had seen it at the time. And this isn't David Cronenberg Crash, this which is good. Which is good. It's two thousand five <laughs> Crash, which is fine. Bad. It's like it's it's not terrible, but it's like pretty yeah. mid. Um, um, okay, hold on. I'm looking through the popular movies of 2005. John yeah. D, you severely underestimated this year. Okay. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe came out in 2005. Yeah, see, I don't rate that movie. I, I love the books. What the hell? I just didn't like I mean, I haven't it seen it in a long a time. Movie. I'll have to watch it again. Corpse Bride came out in 2005. Yeah, love Corpse Bride. Love Corpse Bride. Rent came out. Oh, yeah. Rent the movie came yeah, yeah. out. Um, Barbie fairy tale. Uh, <laughs> uh, War of the Worlds. Yeah, I got that one down. Came yeah. out in 2005. Yeah. Um, Which I think is g- pretty good. <laughs> Don't put this in the podcast. <laughs> but the movie called Diary of a Mad Black Woman that came out. <laughs> oh my God. Or put that in and make me look really terrible. But that was a Hey, you didn't movie. make that movie. It's <laughs> true. Um, there's a movie called Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, which came out in 2005, which is part yeah. of, uh, it was directed by the guy that made Old Boy. I haven't seen either of those, but I've heard of both of them. Yeah. So it's part, they're, they're both part of a trilogy that, like a loose trilogy called the Vengeance Trilogy. Um, yeah. and, uh, that's the third of the three of them and it's really, really good. Walson Gromit, Curse of the Way Rabbit. I just have to throw that one in That's well. such a fucking good movie. <laughs> yeah. I was so scared of that movie for a really long time. Um, because I love Wallace and Gromit, but Curse of the Were Rabbit, <gasps> he turns into like, a big rabbit. <laughs> even like in the uh, not the wrong trousers in a close shave, which is my I think was my favorite of the Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, things like Preston the fucking Terminator dog. I kind of like Preston though. I I was terrified of him as a kid. <laughs> well, you know the most goaded, underrated Wallace. This is now turned into a Wallace yeah. and Gromit podcast. <laughs> um, is the penguin. In the Curse of the Trousers. The Wrong Trousers. The Wrong Trousers. Oh, yeah. my God. That guy's dope. My he just puts on his Possibly little- my favourite moment in all of Wallace and Gromit is when the penguin pulls the rubber glove yes. off. Yes. Because he's pretending to be a chicken. Yeah. And Wallace, <gasps> it's you. Because <laughs> it's like Perry the Platypus. And yeah. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Perry the Platypus. <laughs> <laughs> a platypus. <gasps> Perry the platypus. It's literally that. He just like takes out the rubber glove and he goes, and he goes, (gasps) (laughs) it's you. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Turn that light on. (laughs) Are you deaf? That's a throwback. Are you deaf? Turn that light on. It's out. Uh, Turn that light out. Put that light out. (laughs) Gosh, if you know where that's from. (laughs) 
DM me. Where can people find you online if they want to hit you up? Depends on the vibe that they want to hit me up on. Um, if you want to DM me because you've seen Devour, uh, Jensen Broken Ankle on, uh, which is Jensen as in Jensen Ankles, Broken Ankle, which is, I think is funny. Over on TikTok, I'm on TikTok, I do edits. Uh, I also have that same name on Instagram. Um, that's kind of all I have to rap. Yeah. <laughs> Go see my mid-ass edits on TikTok or don't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> slay. <laughs> um, yeah, apologies for this episode. <laughs> Just sorry. No, I think this is good. <laughs> Educate if the If you're people. still listening. <laughs> if you're still listening at this point, God help you. Yeah. Or, I love you, give me a kiss on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Hopefully you. Hopefully our fucking nightmare ramblings have helped you drive to work or something. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. hope, I hope the person that's listening to this in their car as they drive crashes it and then gets a stick through their head. That's like right. The yeah. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with any had video. Nothing game to do with the film. He just gets a little bit more traumatized. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've seen this film and don't lie to me, I'll gift you my 2022 Jen Cycles calendar. Yeah. Which I, I will post on Instagram. Really? <laughs> if, if, De- if, depending on what happens, uh, well, I'll talk to someone said after. This. Yeah, <laughs> if if you're being serious, I will post it on Instagram as a as a promo thing. And if you please, yeah. I will actually <laughs> gift it to you. It's like barely used. I think I have a couple birthdays in there, but like it's a 2022 Jensen Ackles calendar. It's only got Jensen Ackles on it. Don't lie to me, because <laughs> I will be surprised if anyone <laughs> sees this fucking film. Yeah, or like if you can get in touch with evidence that you've watched it. Yeah. And evidence that's not like you in a straight jacket in a you know in an asylum as a result. Give us the evidence that you like this film and make it be the evidence that like yeah. you also have a dense Knuckles calendar. <laughs> then you can have two. Then you can have two. Well, because I think the only people that would really know about this film are Jen Snackles obsessed people. Yeah. Because you just can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. So DM me some proof. Couldn't tell you what kind of proof, but don't make it fake and I'll give you that calendar. <laughs> I genuinely will. All right, we're done. Thank fuck. We're done. <laughs> Bye and sorry. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. As always, please make sure to give this podcast a friendly review wherever you're catching it and share it with a friend. Five-star written reviews on Apple Podcasts means so much more than you realise. So if you're able to do that and contribute to this podcast reaching more people, then that genuinely would be amazing. If you want to get in touch about this film or any of the others that we've covered on this show, you can either find us on socials or you can email us at bluerose.filmreview at gmail.com. If you don't already follow the show on Instagram, it's a great way to connect with me and a whole bunch of other people that love films. My first short story collection, Where Lies the Strangling Fruit, is available to buy on paperback or Kindle on Amazon. I'll have the link for that down below. Thanks again to Summer for joining me on this week's episode. Thanks to producer Ritterman for our theme music. And thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast. That's all for now. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Blue Rose Film Podcast. Thank you.